Okay. Hey, everybody. It's me, Jonathan, and my buddy James. Um, trying something different uh, this week. I'm uh, a little wiped out. Don't feel like doing a, a traditional, regular, structured show. And Rod, I don't re- even remember what it was this time. He his couldn't. Son hurt his foot. His son hurt his foot. I don't know if the, his son hurt Rod's foot or hurt his own foot. I, I don't. When someone's foot has been hurt. It involves Rod and his child. Yeah. Uh, there was a pain in the foot. Yeah, Rod is that was... the busiest unemployed person I've ever met. <laughs> you know? He doesn't have a job currently, which is fine. Good for him. You do whatever you want. I, I don't care. I mean, I'm not judging that. That's fine. I wish I could get away with it. Um, But it's always like when we have to record... If we do record, it's always like 30 minutes later than we wanted to do it. And if we get him on at all, and then I don't know. I don't know. Not complaining about him. I find it fascinating. Uh, so anyway, we're, what we're going to do on the show is uh, James and I are just drinking. And we're going to have a drunk conversation like James and I used to have every single night uh, <laughs> growing up. From the age of eighteen to, I don't know, twenty five or twenty six or so, pretty right regularly woods, yeah. until I moved in with my girlfriend, and then she was like, "I need you here, so I have so many to sleep next to me." And then I was like, "Who's supposed to have drunk conversations with me, Katie? Yeah, what about my needs?" Well, that's when we thought, "Well, James can just sleep in the bed, like on 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 the foot of the bed, yeah, curled up like a dog." And uh, that that did not work out to her liking. She's a oh. kicker. A kicker. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I started, um, I think I talked about this on the Patreon show, but I started a new round of medication uh, for my ADHD this week. And Another round for my friend? Another round for my friend John here? <laughs> another, another round of Wilbutrin? Huh? Um, huh? And it's it's funny because one of the side of one of the things with ADHD, one of the symptoms of it is interrupting people. Um, and the mm-hmm. drug I'm on is called Wellbutrin. It's so close to Wellbutin, like I'll butt in. I'll butt in. <laughs> it's so close to that. Um, but over the last couple of days, I've really felt it working, and I'm starting to feel like goddamn Charlie in Flowers for Algernon. Um, <laughs> Or Charlie Kelly in Flowers for Charlie, which might be the case. It might be a placebo. If you if you don't know either thing I'm referencing, one, I'm la- referencing a classic piece of literature and a great movie called Charlie about a guy who take he's stupid and he takes a bunch of pills and makes him smart, but then it, the pills stop working and he can feel himself getting stupid again, and it's, it's awful. Um, the other is an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia where they were giving him a placebo, and he thought he was getting smarter, but he was just... He was just full of confidence. There's a huge difference. Point is, I've like been able to focus. Um, and How did he learn to speak Chinese? He didn't. That's just gibberish. <laughs> yes, that was just gibberish. I didn't understand a word he was saying. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm like a lot more focused on on work, and I um, started playing music again because I was having trouble just getting the ener- the motivation to do anything because when I stopped taking medication and just let the ADD uh, or ADHD as it is, I don't know, whatever, just kind of overwhelm me. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really hard to like clear away that curtain of distraction to focus on stuff. It's just this beaded hippie curtain that's in front of me all the time. And I had to separate the curtain and and peer through. Um, So yeah, I, uh, I've, the last couple of days, I've been like, "Oh, this is working! <laughs> oh, this is this is how what I'm supposed to be like." Yeah. What have you been What have you been playing around on the uh, acoustic or the telly or the? I the I went um, I as, as you know, James, because you bought it for me. I have an amazing uh, Telecaster, um, seventy one Nashville Thin Line, and uh, of all the things in my life, other than my wife, it's the thing that I get complimented the most on. Is when I I have that guitar out. People are like, damn, it's a nice guitar. Um, 
And it's a reissue. It's not like a legitimate. Yeah, but who, what yeah. are you undercutting it for? Yeah. Also, it's not signed by Eric Clapton. I just wrote his name on it. Who cares? Um, but I've been I've been playing that. I I took it to Guitar Center because it's like what almost twenty years old or so. Yeah. Um, I took it to Guitar Center and had it like refretted and had a bunch of work done on it. Cost about seven hundred dollars, which was more than I think oh. the guitar cost to begin with. But it was worth it because I love that guitar. And it sounds great. It sounds amazing. I'm using that, and I have this Line Six um, uh, amp mod uh, simulator that I use. Okay. And it, it's it's funny, James, but I realized so much of life, whether it's playing music or it's radio, my job, or or just I'm just, other things that might be pertinent to other people's lives. I'm just thinking of the things most relevant to me. It's always like like a video game where there's you're playing it, you're playing it, you're playing it, and you're frustrated because you can't figure it out. And then one day you go, oh, I just need to up, like, there was this game, Roller Coaster Tycoon, that I used to be obsessed with. And I realized, oh, all you have to do is up your budget and just spend like crazy the first year, and basically you can win any park. And or or you like you'd learn the cheat code for a game, and then all of a sudden, oh, I can beat this easily. There's always like cheat codes or little tricks you can do to make everything just click and work better. And with guitar, that is, I used to think I was a really shitty lead guitarist, uh, and I've 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 practiced and worked really hard to get better, and I still couldn't get the sound right. I bought this amp pedal, and I realized I I don't suck. I was just using, I just wasn't using the right. Uh, pedals and effects and everything. Put enough effects on somebody and they sound amazing. <laughs> like I sound like goddamn Prince when I'm 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 not kidding. Like uh, also because he used the Telecaster, but I I have this Line Six uh, Insane pedal that I use, and I'm just like it's it's awesome. It's great. It's great. I was uh I was messing around with Undone the Sweater Song by you know Weezer. And mm-hmm. you know that end where there's the buildup. I was just playing lead over it the whole time, and I was like, I could, I, "I'm amazing." Like I, like <laughs> I felt really good about myself. Yeah, yeah. cool. Anyway, uh, you know, Rod sent a meme last night that I think we should talk about. Um, <laughs> it's it's Eric, Eric Andre, Andre, who is a really brilliant but also really kind of disturbing. <laughs> Very strange man. Uh, a show called the Eric Andre Show, but it, it's not pertinent to the meme. The meme says, "Why am I so insecure yet so confident at the same time?" And he said that that is Jonathan in a meme. That, that's true. I'm very insecure, but also very confident. I don't know how. I've never been able to bridge that gap. Like I'm, the insecurity motivates me to try to to never be satisfied but then the confidence convinces me to not give up so i, I don't know yeah could see that because there's no could reason be. like i i listened to the first show i did in radio you guys have all heard it it's awful i was well i mean the show itself structurally was good i, I had some funny stuff i said but i sounded like this i sounded like meat rod from Aquatine Hunger Force on the thing. There's no reason I should have kept doing that. There was no reason I should have won the competition. But my confidence carried me through. I listened to it. Yeah, I know. I remember. It was on your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was listening to this podcast with this woman who... Um, it was on the Freakonomics podcast, which is a really good podcast. And she wrote a book called Grit. And okay. she was talking about like what what makes grit, what makes people like not give up on stuff and makes them gritty or whatever. Uh, it was I thought initially I thought it was gonna be about the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. It was not. Really was really hoping that it was that bug eyed freak from the Flyers. Gritty. But uh she said like the key is confidence more or less. And when certain people are put in situations that they don't know what they're doing, 
they just tell themselves, oh, I, I could do this if I just keep trying. Like, if I just keep trying at this, I'll, I'll get back. It's okay that I suck at this, because if I just keep trying, I'll get there. I've, I've found with myself, like, I don't... There's like if there's a situation they're like somebody's got to take charge on this mm-hmm. like somebody's got to take lead. I never want to be that person, but if nobody else does it, You'll I'm do like it. fuck it, fine. Yeah. <laughs> See, I like, I, don't I actively search that out. Yeah. But there are times, and I'm like I'm looking around. I'm like, no, this is probably it's probably best if I do this because if this just default like not let me let me go ahead. Yeah. It's a lead follower get out of the way <laughs> type of situation. I always got yeah. out of the way, but that's not what you're supposed to do. <laughs> uh see i i'm i'm the one who'll be the first one to be like i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it not not that i'm like trying to impress anybody but i'm such a control right. freak that if somebody else does it i'm gonna just be sitting there like they're doing everything wrong this is awful i was that was a big part of why i hated group projects yeah yes like oh man yeah <sighs> i remember i was in a, a group project in high school and it was with it was me and these three broads, um, like I mean, just seriously, like stereotypical hot girls, popular girls, you know. And it's funny because all I could think is like, you know, if I was in, if I was most other guys, I'd be very excited to be in this group of really hot airhead girls because I could get a good grade. Yeah, and the maybe... fellows call these dames tens. I don't know if that's a <laughs> reference to their appearance or to their IQ. <laughs> I was like, I I, I could, uh, yeah, I could probably, you know, make some inroads here with them. But I, was, first of all, I was already, I was dating Katie, so I didn't much care. But also, I just, they were so, they just bothered me. They just, yeah. you know, vapid. Yeah. And I remember literally going into the group project with them and telling them, I know you guys think that I'm going to do everything because I really, it was in an American literature class and I, me and our friend Lauren were both in that class together and we'd like written a play together that the teacher was like, this is amazing. Like, this is one of the best things anybody in our class has ever done and all this stuff. So they were like, Oh, so Jonathan can do all the work. And I was like, I'm not doing shit. (laughs) I looked at them and I said, I don't care if I fail this class. I was like, I don't care if I graduate high school. It doesn't matter to me. I'm just here because legally I'm required to be here. If I'm <laughs> if I am not here, I get in trouble. So I'm gonna sit here and do nothing while you guys figure out this project. And um, they did not. <laughs> but I spent most of the time insulting them and being mean to them. And um, it was it was a pride it was on the uh, the 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 short story the glass menagerie and none of them had okay. even read it and I was just like well, I don't care like so we got up to do the presentation and I said nothing while they tried to do the you know the the kid who hasn't read the book report uh, this Bart Simpson like this is about an island filled with treasure it's called treasure treasure island by Robert L- Louis Stevenson's and it's got pirates with beards you know it was like that like well it's the class menagerie so it's like about how people um are kind of like animals in you know in in frail i guess is they're kind of frail you know is what we're going for you uh was it uh, Sunday? You got your first uh, your first dolly shot, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember if we talked about that on the air or not. I don't um, you got your scheduled date for your your follow up May second. May second. Two I weeks. Th- wait, hold on. Let me make sure because I'm off a day. And I might be conflating it. Yeah, May second. May second. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then two weeks after that, your peak community, and you can pretty much do what I want. Whatever the. Because you're grown. I'm a grown man. Grown ass man. And and soon to be vaccinated, yeah. and you can be all up in grown people's business. Now I'm a little worried about getting the second shot. Not that I'm not going to do it, and whatever. But I've heard that if you do have side effects, you'll have them from the second shot. And I've taken off work on May third, the day after that, just in case. Okay. And 
I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about it because I kind of had a little bit of side effects from the first shot, but I'm not sure because I have a, you know, a crazy fucked up work life and sleep schedule. So I had to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, like I usually only get four to five hours of sleep. So I woke up and felt like absolute dog shit. But I don't know if that was because it was Monday or if it was because right. the shot was making me groggy. My arm hurt, which I think is... It was definitely because yeah. of the shot, and it felt fine the next day. Did it, I, uh, I felt did fine. Did it hurt in general, or did it hurt like just to touch? Kind of hurt in general. Okay, mine on the first shot didn't hurt in general. Mm-hmm. Like if I, I felt like I leaned against the wall of the elevator the next day, and I was like, "Oh, that hurts." Yeah. Oh, that's where my shot was. Okay. The second one just hurt the next day and like my arm didn't want to go up much past here yeah like shoulder that, level like it didn't yeah want to go i didn't have any, i like, could get it to do it but right. it didn't want to uh, it wasn't happy about it hmm. but that was that was the that? extent of my side effects like i didn't feel bad i bet i mean that's which one everybody's did you have a little moderna or pfizer i got moderna okay i have I'm, I'm getting pfizer okay so i don't know what that, i've heard a little bit more uh, one of my coworkers, <clears throat> after his first Pfizer shot, he goes, he's like, you remember that scene in the first Spider-Man movie, the one with Tobey Maguire, mm-hmm. after he gets bit by the spider, and he has that fucked up night, and he just feels like shit, and he's just like tossing and turning and yeah. sweating. He's like, it was like that, except I didn't wake up with superpowers the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, except for immunity. <laughs> He said he said he felt fine the next day. He's like, but that he's like that, that night, night it was, was bad. terrible. Right. That's why that's why I took off work, just in case. Um yeah. but you also have to factor in as far as like side effects from the first shot. I am a gigantic baby. And well, I I I don't I'm not worried about my immune system because I have a very good immune system. I never I never get sick. I don't I, I can't remember the last time I even had a cold. Uh I mean, that also has to do with the fact that I've been practicing social distancing since I was 12 months old, but that that's besides the point. Unless one of the, 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 the kid has brought home colds. The kid has had a cold. My wife has had colds. Yeah. The baby has been sick or the four-year-old has been sick. I haven't gotten anything. Um, again, because I stay the fuck away from everybody. I tell them to leave me alone. Daddy, Daddy's important. Daddy's, you know, an important man. Hey. In country this voice radio. is paying for this. Yeah. All of this. Well, actually, the last time I got a cold, uh, the ratings on my show went up because I think I sounded awesome. Oh, you just uh, you dropped down. You got a little husky Kathleen Turner going on. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Kathleen Turner and Marley and me. That kind of voice I got going. And uh, well, let me tell you something. I, I fucked Batman's dad. <laughs> well, you yeah. know. Yeah, I didn't kill him, but I did fuck him. Thomas Wayne. Somebody's mm. got to do it. Piece of ass. Somebody's got to, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got... Somebody's... Lord knows Martha wasn't doing it. Not up to snuff. Yeah. Always, Batman always... That story always bothered me. Like, it's just such a contrived circumstance that those people got killed. You're the richest people in the city, and uh, you're walking... To the car. Yeah. Through. From the opera. From the opera. Through, through a place alley. called Crime Alley. Well, it was the shortest In tuxedos. It was the shortest route to the car. Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. We. Well, I mean, at least they explained it a little bit in Batman Begins because he like runs out that door and they go after him. Right. So that makes a little more sense. But. <sighs> so dumb. So stupid. It was a different time when it was written. It was the time when it people was, were stupid. Was the with the nineteen forties? Whenever Batman first was written, oh. I don't know if that was the story though. I don't know if that was solidified as canon until like the eighties. Um, I'd have to look into that. I, I mean, the, the the dead parents and everything. That's always been a thing, but I don't know if it was always that they were shot in Crime Alley. Yeah, and yeah. Joe Chill and. Right. That that's from the that's a Tim Burton thing. So. Well, Tim Burton made it Jack Nicholson. Right. He made it that the Joker uh, killed his parents. Number one guy. 
<laughs> anyway. Uh... Yeah, all superhero origin stories are dumb. Like, that's the thing that we always have to get past. They're all bad. They're all stupid. They're all just such gigantic leaps of faith. Like, yeah, sure, you get uh, you get splashed by radi- chemical radiation from a truck, and you go blind, but it heightens the rest of your senses, and now you're Daredevil. Mm-hmm. You uh, get fried with gamma radiation, and instead of melting the bone marrow out of you, which would normally happen, instead, you become the Hulk. But only when you're angry. But only when you're angry. Right. Yeah. Um, and Superman, his parents shot him off the planet. It's a very advanced civilization that had not mastered space travel yet. Except for, well, in one case where they could shoot a baby into space. Well, and they could shoot um, Zod into the negative zone. Right. They already did that. Right. And I guess Supergirl. So they had like... Two, I, I think what happened was like they they made these two things, and whoever it was like a wish type of thing, like versus you know where you order something from Wish, like they ordered a family size one, and it came. It's just this little baby casket. Yeah, they're like we're not gonna. <laughs> what? Well, what if we just hold on to it as it's taking off? <laughs> I'll put a fishbowl on my head. Yeah, it's Kryptonian. Tape around the fishbowl. Right. It's supposed to be like the most advanced society in the galaxy. And they were like, well, we don't know how to travel, though. We don't, we don't know how to do that thing. It blew up. We didn't have time to get off the planet. Everything was going pretty good up until it wasn't. Yeah. Right. <laughs> until the asteroid hit. Um, so Besides that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? That's true. You know, she never did write her full review for that play. No, few people know that, but people relied on Mary Todd Lincoln's reviews of plays. That's why that—that's not a joke. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? And she like would try to write the review of our American cousin over and over again. It really hurt the returns on it that. It really did. How oh, do you? I never thought. Do you think the next night they put the play on again? The show must go on. Okay, look. Seats. People bought tickets in advance. I'm sure, right? We got a living to make. <laughs> yeah, what are we? What are we gonna go destitute just because the president got shot? They cleaned most of the brain off the banister. <laughs> I don't think no, because because it was a derringer, so it just like it went in. And it was, oh yeah, it didn't. It didn't. There was no exit. It, and they like wound. That was the problem. The is they like poked around in there. Right, they like, were trying oh, to pull it out and they just shoved it. it in. Fucking doctors, man. Basically, all a doctor was up until like 1975. All a doctor was was a guy in town that ran a bait shop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably get that out of. I get yeah. that out. I got. Let me get the hook in there and I'll pull it out. And you know what? We need to put on him some leeches. Ah, uh, I think he's got the. He's got mischief in his blood, so we better just let the mischief out through the veins. <laughs> Not the arteries. That lets the mischief out too fast. Too fastly. Right. Don't want to ease that. that mischief out. Um, speaking of, like, the, the pills I'm on and everything uh, mm. and, and becoming Charlie uh, mm. or whatever I am, Aldrin, whatever. Uh, I've been... I was watching an episode of Rick and Morty where they referenced a line from the Merchant of Venice. Mm-hmm. And I went, I've never seen the Merchant of Venice. And I like Shakespeare a lot. Like when I was in high school, I was really into Shakespeare because I'm I'm a huge dork. And uh I so I watched the Merchant of Venice. Have you ever watched it? I don't think so. Is that the one with uh, Pacino? Yeah, they they made one with Pacino and Jeremy Irons. Great amazingly well done for and Pacino's a, Shylock Shylock and uh, Jeremy Iron, Irons is Antonio who's like okay so here's the thing about the play okay um, I'll, I'll just tell you the plot and then tell you something it's disturbing it is so profoundly anti-semitic that I cannot believe that they even made a movie out of it in 2004, but they did a good job of it. So here, here's what it is. Uh, and, and, and the thing is, is that 
the name of that character has turned into Shylock. Yeah, yeah, a moneylender, <laughs> generic name for a moneylender. Yeah. So they, the, the basic plot of Shakespeare's play for The Merchant of Venice is, um, there's this guy named Antonio who's super gay. Like they're not even in, really that ambiguous about it. Um, uh, he's super gay with this other guy. Uh, Bess, uh, I can't remember his name. Hold on. The Merchant of Penis. <laughs> Hold on. It's like Barantino. He's not uh, He's not that interesting, so it's hard to remember his name. Bassanio. Okay. okay. So there's this guy, Antonio. That's Jeremy Irons in the 2004. And then Joseph Fiennes plays this guy, Bassanio. Super gay together. Obviously gay. Uh-huh. Like in love. Real gay. And um and Bassanio owes a bunch of money to Antonio. Antonio is like this shipper. And he goes to him and he's like, I I know I owe you a bunch of money, but here's how I can pay you back. And Antonio's like, I don't really care if you pay me back. And he's like, Yeah, well, here's the thing. There's this like basically a princess in England, and uh she's really rich, and her father just died. She's looking for a guy to marry. I talked to her. She was she was into this dude. So we were vibing. Yeah, we were vibing. So I owe you a bunch of money, and that's put you in a lot of debt. So if you give me just a little more money, three thousand dollars, I will go marry her, then pay you back everything I owe you. And Antonio's like, fine. But here's the problem. I don't have the money right now. It's all tied up in all my ships. I have a bunch of ships in Mexico. They're over there. I don't have any money. So we'll have to go to a moneylender. Problem with that is a couple weeks before all this happened, uh, Antonio was in the streets and they were uh, beating Jews that day. And he uh, uh, hit Shylock and spat on him and called him a dog. But he's like, you know, he's a moneylender. So maybe he'll give us some money. So they go to Shylock and Shylock's like, you you, you called me a dog. A dog is going to lend you money? Like this is... This is what you think a dog does. Dogs don't have money. And he's like, okay, look. Yeah, I called you a dog, but give us money. You're supposed to do that. And he's like, okay, but I'm going to charge you interest. Shot. And they're like, they're like, no, you're not going to charge us interest. Just give us the money. And he's like, okay, well, how about I'll give you the money and you pay me back in three months, but you have to tell everybody that you're my friend and stop treating me like shit. And they're like, no, we're going to continue to treat you like shit, Jew. And he's like, okay, fine. Then... If you don't pay me back in three months, I'm taking a pound of flesh from you. Is that okay? And the guy's like, fine, pound of flesh. You're not going to do it. They're like, no, of course I'm not going to actually do it, but that's what you owe me in three months. So in the course of this, this Bassanio guy goes off, marries this princess in in England. Uh, Antonio ships all sink, and Shylock's daughter converts to Christianity Steals all of his money and runs off in the night. So Shylock's very upset about this, but then he gets a, then he gets happy when people tell him Antonio's ships have all sank, and he's like, "Okay, cool. Uh, I am going to kill that guy because <laughs> he owes me a pound of flesh. So I'm going to take my pound of flesh from his fucking heart because he can't pay me back." So then they have this trial, and it, it's a whole convoluted thing. I'm not really going to get into where. Um, Bassanio's girlfriend, soon to be wife, dresses up like a man, impersonates a judge, and at the trial, basically goes, you know, Shylock, you want your pound of flesh, you can take it from him, but here's the deal: you're you're owed a pound of flesh. If you take any blood, that's not part of the deal. So you can't take any blood. You can take the flesh, but not the blood. And he's like, okay, fine. Then just give me my just give me my money. And they're like, no, you said the pound of flesh. So that's what we're going to do. You're going to stick with the pound. And he's like, just give me the money. You have the money now. Give it to me. And he's like, no, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. And then uh, a couple things happen. And then they go, okay, so basically you just tried to kill a citizen of Venice. So what we're going to have to do now is put you to death. He's like, what? But. But why? And he says, because you tried to kill a citizen of Venice, you Jew. And he's like, okay, well, what can I do? And they're like, okay, well, you get to convert to Christianity, and we're taking all your money. And that's how the play ends. 
everybody wins. Everybody wins except for the Jew. Now, here's the thing about it. If you watch the 2004 version with um, uh, uh, Jeremy Irons and Joseph Fiennes and uh, Al Pacino, it's played as a tragedy. Al Pacino's great at it because just everything just falls apart for him. When they tell him he has to convert to Christianity, he has this heartbreaking scene where he doesn't say much. He's just on the ground, like, sobbing and rending his clothes. That's because up until the 1950s, the play was a comedy. It was supposed to be, ha, 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 let's all laugh at the Jew's life becoming worse and worse and worse. Isn't that hilarious? He thinks he's going to get something, but instead he's going to be forced to convert to Christianity and we're going to take all of his money. Isn't that hilarious? But then this thing called the Holocaust happened that made people a little bit sensitive to the plight of Jews, but also people were like, look, there's some really good lines in this in this Shakespeare play. There's the whole, uh, if you prick us, do we not bleed? There's the whole, um, uh, the quality of mercy is not strained speech. She gives that in court. It's a great speech. Um there's a bunch of stuff in the play. It's great. The term a pound of flesh. A par- pound of flesh, right, from yeah. from a merchant of Venice. Uh, the merchant of Venice. Uh, so we have to keep doing it, but like it seems insensitive to make it about making fun of Jews. So how about we turn him into a tragic character and play it straight? <laughs> and that's what happened. It's, again, a great... The, the Al Pacino version is really good. It just doesn't have a very satisfying ending. Um, and it's a little bit off because it's played as satisfying and it's not like it's, it's cause then the Bassanio and his wife are in love. And then Antonio is all happy cause he has his money and probably gets to participate in a three way every once in a while with the two. I don't know what the fuck their relationship is. It's weird. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, I watched that and I, I was unsettled. By it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Favorite overall Shakespeare play? Um, really like Othello a lot. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the Orson Welles version is amazing. Um, I have to There's say, a really good one with uh, Lawrence Fishburne as Othello and Kenneth Branagh as Iago. Uh, I I need you know what I I, I have um I ha- I downloaded the Kenneth Branagh Hamlet and started watching. It's four hours long though. Like I don't okay. have time. I mean, I'm going to watch it, but I've been watching it in like 30 minute increments and the Kenneth Branagh much ado about nothing, which I've never really been a fan of much ado about nothing because it's uh look what it is. It's an episode of Frasier. <laughs> that's two hours long. That's that's much ado about nothing is basically the classic sitcom of somebody overhears something. They misinterpret it and there's crazy <laughs> consequences that happen afterwards. Right. Um, that that's what much a screw about butt thing. <laughs> that was something James told me like in high school at some point. Like I think we were trying to come up with uh, porn titles porn, for Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Uh, and the best one film was titles. James's much a screw about butt thing. And they were all uh, Big Willie Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> There was Romeo and Scrooliet, uh, but much of Screw About Butt thing was probably the best <laughs> because one. Because that's, I, I that's think, doubling and up. I think that was the first one, which is it, that always sucks when you're like... <laughs> yeah, that's the funniest one. Yeah, And then you're like, ah, fuck. No, yeah. it's not, that's not as good. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> like a merchant of penis or something like that. But it, yeah. yeah, much of Screw About Butt thing is just classic. Like, in fact... Uh, Katie asked me like because we, we were talking about Shakespeare last night. And she was like, "Have you watched Much Ado About Nothing?" I was like, "You mean Much of Screw About Butt Thing?" She's like, "What are you? What? What are you doing?" Like that is a classic twenty-year-old joke, and you yeah, shame on out. you for not getting. That's it. actually the title of this whatever we're doing right now. I'm sorry, by the way, those of you who couldn't care less about Shakespeare, this is just what happens when I am on my medication and I get drunk with my friend James. We talk about Shakespeare. Um, amongst other things. Amongst other things. <laughs> much a screw about butt thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it, Kenneth, I, I will say that the hour or so that I've watched of Kenneth Branagh's Hamlet, he's fucking amazing. Like, he's, yeah. he's great. And Hamlet's never been my favorite because it's 
so long, and there's just so many. This is Hamlet. This is Hamlet in a nutshell, which, by the way, the term in a nutshell comes from the play Hamlet. But here's what Hamlet is in a nutshell. Um, Somebody coming to somebody and going, oh, my God, what's going on? Tell me quick. And then the other person babbling for 15 minutes, beautifully and poetically, but not getting to the point, making analogies and similes on the way, and and then eventually going, and your dad's ghost is over there. That's that's what we saw. It was horrible. We need we, you, you. Maybe you need to come here tomorrow night. Something and check them out. Something's rotten in the state of Denmark. That's true. That's such a weird line in a Shakespeare play. It's like so like on the nose. Like he, he, you usually don't get that. Usually it's all this wordplay and shit. Um. But yeah, uh, I like Othello a lot because Iago is just one of the greatest villains of all time. Yeah, it's it's such a compelling villain because. He's not until he is. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's on board. He's like, oh, man, I got this plum gig. Yeah, that guy's a moron. I don't give a shit. He's good at his job. I'm his second in command. Like, I'm going to get this promotion. And he gets skipped for his promotion. He's like, fuck that fuck. guy. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, Othello- I'm going to ruin his life. <laughs> uh, so what is, does Kenneth Branagh play Iago in that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I need to see that then. He is... Yeah. He's fucking amazing, um, but yeah, yeah. If you have a, if you never watched Othello, it's basically like a, a villain's. If they focus more on Iago, it's it's like like a, a villain uh, origin story type of thing. He's very diabolical and and brilliant. It's like like Joker esque in uh, like I mean from like the Dark Knight Joker. I'm trying to remember who played Cassio in that. Oh, Nathaniel Parker. Ah, yeah, it doesn't matter. I had a Casio I used to play. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Michael Sheen's in it. Wow, really? Yeah. I don't know. He was like Ludovico. in movies back then. I, I thought he was... 1995, two hours, three minutes. That's not too much of a... No, not bad at all. Investment of time. Like I said, the the, the Kenneth Branagh yeah. Hamlet's four hours long. Branagh's always Branagh's always good in, in Shakespeare, though. He's let's be honest, he's good in Shakespeare. He's good in anything. Yeah, he's good in the Harry yeah. Potter movies. Nathaniel Parker played Cassie, whoever that is. Yeah. Um. It doesn't matter because fuck Cassio. Yeah, fuck Cassio. That guy sucks. It's Cassio with two S's, by the way, not like the keyboard. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's that's what I've been doing with my time. The last week is uh, watching Shakespeare movies and rewinding a lot because <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> like, I read I read a thing that was contemporary uh, for Shakespeare where it was like a critic. It was like, oh, my God, it's so beautiful and the words are flowing and everything. I have no idea what was going on the entire play. Though. <laughs> like it was it was somebody from that time. So like if you think, oh, that's just how people talk about it. It's not. Shakespeare is just a fucking genius on such a level that you don't understand what he's saying but there is something there's always something there but it's sometimes just a little bit you know opaque i mean i would say my least favorite is romeo and juliet i've never never really liked it i know that's it's like it's it's usually the first shakespeare you read because of you know, you read it in high school because they're like, oh, this is about teenagers fucking, so you guys will like this. But I always thought it was stupid. So, uh, there was a Midsummer Night's Cream. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what was Hamlet? What would Hamlet be? I don't, I don't It's too short for it to be. Yeah. Cumlet or something. I don't fucking know. Humplet, maybe. Humplet. Hamlet. I don't know. Othello was hard too. Like when it's just a name, mm. it's a little trickier. The Tempest, like, what are you gonna do with that? Yeah, Taming don't of the Shrew. We get much ado about nothing. Yeah, I mean, again, you you start off with the best <laughs> one. Taming of the Shrew is uh, Taming of the Screw again. That's just too easy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, if you guys have any ideas <laughs> for <laughs> pornographic Shakespeare, <laughs> pornographic Shakespeare, let us know. Um, Big Willie Shakespeare. Mm. Um, not just the star, but the writer and director of most of the films. <laughs> Big Willie Shakespeare. Yeah. 
So I've been, yeah, I've been uh, playing guitar and and singing out in my garage, which um, Katie told me um, we we can hear you in there. Hey, yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, good, congratulations. I'm doing that for you. Okay. Uh, so I uh, tell you what, I won't charge admission. You're on the list. <laughs> I was doing a uh, bullet with butterfly wings. Which is one of the songs, there's some songs that are more fun to play than they are to listen to. Never mm-hmm. been that huge a fan of that song, but it's really fun to play. I don't I don't know why, it just is. And uh, see, he's doing some weird thing with the, the chord progression in it and stuff, and I always like that. Uh, but yeah, I, could, I couldn't get the, uh, the pre-chorus part, even though I... No, and then like old Job, that part, because he sings sharp, and I typically, if I screw up, I sing flat, so I, uh-huh. it's hard for me to sing like a sharp note, and I was just trying to get it, so it was a lot a lot of this, like old Job, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> and my wife was like, yeah, you're playing that Smashing Pumpkin song, huh? I was like, God, yep. <laughs> Job! Uh, delightful, delightful music to the ears mm. Just... uh, what's your favorite Smashing Pumpkins song hmm maybe Disarm yeah that's good yeah Mm-hmm. What's a better album, Melancholy or Siamese Dream? <sighs> Melancholy is overstuffed. Like yeah. if you cut that down to a, so- a single album, right. if it, if it wasn't a double album, why do they do that? There's never been a double album that's even the Beatles couldn't do it because there's on the White Album. Let's be honest, there's some shit. Revolution Number Nine is garbage. It wasn't even like at the time is kind of cool, I guess. Maybe you had to be there type of thing, but it's not cool. Now it's boring. Um, honey pie is not good. Honey pie is awful. Wild honey pie is fine, but honey Wild pie, honey is, pie is pretty fun. What was actually. great about that is that each of them had their bad song, <clears throat> except for George. I think all of George's songs are good. On, Did he on, not have uh, a shitty sitar thing? On Not on the White Out. Did he have it on the White Album? Ugh, hold on. Why sometimes album sometimes in the car listening to Beatles records, sometimes the fast forward got referred to as the Ringo button. We yeah, we used to call it the Ringo button. Yeah. <laughs> For good reason. Um Don't Pass Me By. That sucks. Yeah. That that was good. a Ringo song. Um Birthday is good. Your blues is good. Mother Nature's Son is great. Uh, everybody's got something. Hyde is great. Sexy Sadie. Helter Skelter is amazing. Long, long, long. I think that's that's George. That's okay. It's it's fine. Yeah, that's Revolution <laughs> One sucks. I hate that because it's just Revolution. But let's take everything that makes that song cool out. The screaming. Yeah, did the do wop? Oh my god. I don't think I've listened to that song more than once. I swear to once God. Once is enough. Yeah, because uh, I think I like was putting up with it until they got to the to-do-wop-wop thing. I was like, nope, I'm done. Then Honey Pie sucks. Savoy Truffle's good. Cry Baby Cry's good. Revolution yeah. 9 sucks. And Good Night sucks. Jesus. What? I didn't realize that was fucking eight minutes and 23 seconds of terrible. Uh, what? Uh, Revolution 9? Uh, yeah, yeah. And just think about that. that like, was, I knew it. That was during the CD, or not the CD, that was during the album, uh, the vinyl era, where you had to sit there and listen to it. God, that's... Could have at least put it at the end of the album, but they put Good Night there. So you skip, like, you keep getting through Revolution 9 until you get to Good Night, and you're like, oh, this is bad, too. It's time to come. It's awful. Who's singing that? Is that Ringo or Paul? That's Ringo. That's, That's Ringo. Ringo. Yeah. Poor Ringo. And you I know, like the, the the thing with Ringo songs is they weren't. It wasn't his fault. 
it's they they would give him songs that they didn't want to sing. Hey Ringo, sing boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing at me? Nothing. Guys, no reason. No. Nope. You, you taking the piss on old nope, Ringo? No. 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 Not at all. Not at all. Guys, I've noticed a lot more gay guys have been into me lately since that song, boy. <laughs> oh, oh, is that true? Really? Hmm. That's crazy. Never uh, would have seen that coming, Ringo. Ringo got Yellow Submarine. Yeah. And oh, and um, a little help for my friends. That's about it. Uh, they're gonna. Yeah, Paul, Paul was nice to do him. Yeah, they're going to put me in the movies. It's good, I guess. It's not great. Act naturally. That's the name. Act naturally. Thank you. Whatever. You knew what I meant. And yeah. he then he had to write Octopus's Garden. Look at that. Yeah. yeah we co-wrote it. And he wrote some words. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote that like Ben Affleck wrote Goodwill Hunting. We all know who did the work on that. Hey, maybe Ben Affleck is a deep sensitive soul sure 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 he is sure he is um anyway well this has been fun uh uh fun to do i don't know if it's fun to listen i don't know what you guys are gonna feel like listen i think you're gonna get into about the fifth to twelfth minute of us talking about shakespeare and go what (laughs) the fuck i thought these guys were illiterate We'd have you think that. That's what uh, that's what I've always been going for. That's what I've always been going for. Functionally illiterate. Um, I've actually told people before that I'm severely dyslexic. It's kind of true, like- but I'll, I'm not severely dyslexic. I, I do have it, but not like so bad that it fu- like hurts me day to day. It's just like it's not crippling. No, like it just sometimes. It's actually like it's weird, but it's a mood thing. Like, if I start to get tired, the words kind of get scrambled around on the page a little bit. So one of the reasons that I was put on medication was I was like, I can't read anymore when I'm tired. That's I. I just I will like keep reading the same sentence, and then I go, "All right, fuck it, I need to go to sleep." Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. That's. That's what I would like to get back to doing is reading. I don't remember the last book I actually read. I, I now having said that, I listen to audiobooks while I'm driving a lot, or right. I'll listen to audiobooks. Excuse me, while I'm playing video games. And they tell they say that listening to audiobooks is just as good as reading. You have as just as much recall and everything. But let's be honest, it's not. There's no way it's the no. same. You're not as focused. So I think I gave I think I gave our our, our mutual friend Chris shit for that because he was talking about because he drives I think less than he did but he used to drive fucking an hour and a half well, to and from he work. lives in the Quad Cities in Illinois and like would drive to Macomb Macomb Illinois which is like midway through the state and Illinois is yeah. a long state guys doesn't have that much girth but no. it is long it is long <laughs> yeah the, the opposite of what you want actually. Uh, <laughs> Missouri's more what you want from a penis. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Especially the boot heel. <laughs> it's a nice handle. <laughs> that, that, little, that little curve at the yeah, end. Yeah. Uh, from Earthquake. We had a, a question on the show because we do a trivia thing called Thousand Dollar Minute. And the, uh, the question was, what five states border Kentucky? Do you know? Tennessee, Missouri, yep. Arkansas, Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Ohio, right? So maybe it's six. I don't know. Maybe it's more than that. I can't remember how many it was, but I got all of them except for Missouri because I genuinely just have no connection there. Like I just have nothing to tell me that because I've never gone into Kentucky from Missouri. Um, anytime I'm in Kentucky, I just want to get the hell out. It's easily the worst state in the country. I'm just going to say that. Like every other state has some kind of charm. Like even Alabama or Mississippi, there's like a, you know, southern charm there. Molasses kind of thing going on. Kentucky is not far south enough that you give them an excuse for being as fucked up as they are. That's the way I look at it. They were a border state. Yeah. 
Uh, they didn't go with the Confederacy, did they? <laughs> Missouri, Kentucky, Maryland, Tennessee, West Virginia. Were those the ones? Virginia. Like West a, Virginia. West Virginia. Yeah, I guess it was technically a border state, though it was formed by the thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, I was just told that my uh, show didn't win the Academy of Country Music Award for Best Large Market Show of the Year or something like that. Some show in Raleigh, North Carolina won. Uh, Where I feel like maybe the country music audience is a bit more accepting. Right. Like, I kind of feel like they look at us and you're like, there's a country music station in Boston? Oh, good luck with that. (laughs) Also, it's for major market. uh, And they're really stretching if they're calling Raleigh, North Carolina, major market. Well, it's Raleigh, Durham. Oh, sure. Right. I forgot the combo. Yeah. It's the the, the Twin Cities. Durham. I mean, Durham. Durham brings some heat with it, John. It does, yeah. yeah. Well, they got Charlotte somewhere around there. I don't fucking know. Um, now, what would be interesting is uh, if your country radio station in Boston just played country covers of Boston songs. <laughs> well, it's more than a feeling, more than a feeling, when I feel that old song play, <laughs> when I see Mary Ann walk away, Play. I see. I like our version. I work at a contemporary country music station, and I still sound like an old timey moonshine <laughs> jug blower. Now, now, most of them sound like this. Now, they sound like Luke Brown. More than a feeling. <laughs> I think, I think you need more of that down home draw. I think when you need... I feel that old song play. <laughs> it's the worst. I say Mary Ann walk away. It's one of those things Yay! I'm mad that I didn't win, but also I'm like, I, I don't, I, it's like something I didn't even care about a week ago. And I'm like, I didn't win, so I'm kind of pissed off about it. Because I can't imagine the shows are better than mine. That's all I'm saying. That's right. where, that's where the... <laughs> The confidence comes from, it's more of a narcissism. It's just like, look, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm the greatest radio broadcaster ever, but also I know I'm better than whoever beat me. <laughs> Take a look around. Look ahead. <laughs> smoking. Smoking. Feel all right, baby. I'm not joking. <laughs> Imagine foreplay. But just done on on a one string bass washboard bass thing and jugs. <laughs> Actually, I believe foreplay uh, in country music is saying you you've got a pretty mouth. I believe that's foreplay. Is we first or second cousins? <laughs> because one of them is okayer than the other. I mean, they're both okay, but one's okayer than the other. Than t'other. Than t'other. <laughs> All right. On that note, bye, guys. <laughs>